Welcome to the Dog Classroom. The Dog Classroom Podcast. I am your co-host, Anne-Marie. And I'm your co-host, Amelia. Like and subscribe on Spotify and YouTube in video format. And now into the episode. Here we go. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Dog Classroom Podcast. This week, we are talking about summer. So um, we're going to talk about all the different topics that come along with uh, having a dog in summertime and all the adventures that we go on. Getting ready for summertime. And getting ready for summertime, depending on (laughs) depending on what we're doing. So um, why don't we start with uh, how to keep safe while we're doing our summertime activities, our walks? Yeah. So the the thing is, you know, going from winter to spring into summer, obviously we're getting out more. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, the joke is we do have the different seasons. So I think um, we change our different walking styles or different activities we do right yeah. based on the season. So our summer is relatively short. So I think the majority of us are into like something like you know, either camping or swimming or hiking or lots of outdoor stuff, lots of outdoor stuff. So, um, you know, there's definitely things to, to, uh, take account in, let's say the first thing for safety, just right off the hop is, um, have your first aid kit. Right. Yeah. So, um, usually what I have is, is my human, human first aid kit and I add the dog stuff to it. Like just make sure I have bandage stuff because, you know, can't really put, you know, the everyday band-aids <laughs> on the dog, they don't necessarily stick, right? Yeah, well, and also we have the first aid seminar where right. you talk about all that stuff. So if that's something that you have not looked at, check out our website for the pet first aid seminar because um, you go over all that stuff, like what you should have in the kit yeah. and what um, what kind of bandages and all that stuff to, to buy, right? Yep. and then now let's talk about when we're actually out and moving as, as far as safety. So where would we go with that? So my number one thing that I do not love seeing is it's plus 30 out. It's like super hot and people are out there running or biking with their dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So let's talk about like how can we how can we appropriately exercise our dogs when it's that hot out? So I think time of day. Mm -hmm. is huge because we definitely have more light right like when you're if you're going out seven eight in the morning you're not going out in the dark anymore right um it's definitely cooler evenings cooler um not to say if you have to exercise them that way but the problem is you're you're keeping them sort of at a higher um core temperature i guess is what i'm trying to say because you know they're sort of in the groove and um i don't think it's relatable to the people because it's different you know when we're hiking and you know we have our clothes on and we're sweating a bit we can relate a little bit to the dogs when they're getting hot and so forth but like honestly in a fur coat (laughs) yeah with the biking though like we're just you know a lot of people are just sitting on the bike gently sitting there but the dog's actually doing the running and all the work yeah, and I think, too, like with the pavement, the pavement gets really hot, right? That's another thing is they can actually get friction burns Yeah, from the, the rubbing on the pavement. Um, if you actually take a look at your dog's feet afterwards, and some people have said, you know, when is it too hot to walk your dog? Like, I mean, like on the pavement sort mm-hmm. of thing. I think anytime in summertime, if you can be walking on grass, you know, in the bush on dirt trails, like way better. Yeah. Right. Your but it's going to be more comfortable. Yeah. Usually they say if we can't stand on the asphalt or concrete, then the dog definitely can't take the yeah. heat on their feet for sure. 
And I think, too, like I've seen there's been some boots marketed as like summer activity boots, I think, from Roughwear. And um, I've seen paw bombs and stuff that like are supposed to help if you're if your dog's on gravel a lot and stuff and it's getting, you know, their paw pads are getting a little beat up. Okay, I'd be concerned about the boots making their feet too hot, though. Yeah, because the only place they sweat from is their feet. Yeah. And if it's contained in something, unless they're super breathable. Yeah. I don't know if I would go there, to be honest. Okay. I'd, I think I'd have to look at them. The other thing with going on your walks, even if you're just going around the neighborhood, is bringing a water bottle for your dog. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I was really guilty of last year that I'm trying to be better about is bringing, um, they make these little waist belts for runners and you can put a little water bottle on it Mm -hmm. or having something on your keychain, like a little, one of those like squeezy water bottles where you can just kind of squeeze it and the dog drinks out of the lid. Oh, okay. Yeah. So having something like that so that your dog can stop and have some water because we're out hiking we can just stop and have water anytime, whereas right. like we have to provide them the water, so that's trickier. Right, so another thought too is plan on doing your hiking or walking where maybe you're walking to water, mm-hmm. right? And letting the dog sort of play around um, in the water as part of the walk. And okay. usually that's what we try to do when we're doing walking classes or walking club. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm making sure we're scheduling somewhere where the dogs can actually get into the water. So we're talking about like the little river that goes through LU. We're talking about the river at Centennial. Yeah, there's lots of areas where there's little streams or, you know, even walking down by the marina where all the boats are, right? And there's, you know, there's a little There's a few little spots there to get them them into the water. Um, It's too bad in a way that we didn't have... um, I don't want to say, well, I do want to say more areas or sort of beach area, but I think Boulevard actually was pretty good last year. I don't think I saw any signs up saying that it was, it was closed. Yeah, we do have, I mean, sometimes you have to go a little bit out of town to get to the water, but on that topic, why don't we talk about water safety? Okay. So what are your sort of suggestions for somebody who's going to bring their dog out to camp and they want to get them ready and they want them to be safe while they're out there? So I think it depends on, like, are they going in a boat? Are they going in a canoe, kayak? um, Or are they just sort of staying on shore? Um, But here's another thought. Are you guys going to be going into a boat? Because there has been a lot of dogs that don't like to be left behind, and you take off in the boat. Are you speaking from experience here? Yeah. What poodle would do that? I don't know what poodle. He was supposed to be tied up or in the camp. But anyway, he got out. And the thing is, you don't think they're going to do it. And they start swimming after you. And to think, you know, yeah, he swam before. But has he actually swam for like 20, 25 minutes? Mm -hmm. So that's a concern right away. Um, A lot more people seem to be using life jackets. Yeah, I put one on Nuggie yeah. when we come out and we go paddleboarding. She's got her, her little life jacket. Yeah, just in case she happens to walk on water. and. Well, she was trying to get a drink. <laughs> she was trying to get a drink and she tipped. And then she tipped, but she floated. Yes. Yeah, she yeah. floated. Um, yeah. But I know, like, I, I always recommend, like, you people assume dogs know how to swim, but, like. Yeah. Some of them don't. No. Like, I would definitely say try a life jacket at least for the first little Some bit. Some of them sink. Yeah, especially yeah. I think the littles, but I find even with the life jacket, they still need 
you know, that little bit of training for us to sort of hold it and them to get the paddling yeah. and the balance correct, right? Yeah. Um, another thing is is my aunt over the last few years did put a life jacket on her um, senior dog okay. because they would go out and float in the tubes and he really did not like being left in the camper. So they would actually put one on him and he actually learned himself. He would stop um, like paddling and he'd float. That's cute. Yeah. yeah so everybody was just floating. <laughs> There's definitely ways that you can include your dog yeah. that can be a little bit safer. Um, there's also when they're when they're in the water. I know a lot of dogs will drink so much that they make themselves sick too, right? Yeah, yeah. Or they're like not having their head up possibly mm -hmm. so much that they're taking in a bit of water. Um, yeah, definitely a concern as well. But I think, you know, it's the same with anything that we train, you know, agility. We train the basics. So don't think the dog, you know, can go in and just swim for 25 minutes if they've never really yeah. done it, right? You have to slowly increase the amount of time. So the other th to talk about is in the water. So if you are taking your dog mm -hmm. in the boat, best to train being in the boat on land. Yeah. Right? Or and on get the paddleboard. On kayak. the paddleboard. So getting it used to rocking a little bit, getting them on and off. Because mm -hmm. again, the last thing you want them to do is panic and then jump into the water and then, you know, sort of everything. Yeah, because some of that escalates. sort of wobbly motion really freaks the dogs out. And we do that in agility training too with the wobble boards, like getting yeah, them used to true. the movement under their feet. Um, and of course we would always encourage people to do that before you're trying to take them out on the yeah. boat so that they get used to it. Um, what about any signs of issues while they're out exercising with their dog? Like how would someone know if their dog had heat stroke? Okay, so a little bit of um, first aid there. So always making sure, and we, we don't want to say that sometimes some dogs aren't necessarily intelligent when it comes to the heat, but some of them will lay in the sun, yeah. right? They lay in the sun and they seem to like it, but really encouraging, um, that shade wide open mouth panting. So when I say that, it's just sort of not the general open mouth panting it's like super you wide can see the backs of yeah, their jaws yeah you can then... see the backs of their jaw really bright red uh, gums and then their mouth is almost like tacky like so it's technically like they don't have enough water so they have really um thick um like thick um saliva saliva yeah i'm just trying to get another descriptive word in there but you can definitely tell that it's not you know as wet or say as drooly um, as it been in the past. And um, fatigue, vomiting is actually mm -hmm. another one. Vomiting for sure yeah. is another one. And and fatigue, you would hope that, you know, they slow down and tell you something. So, you know, if your dog is act actually sits down and is like, okay, I'm done, well, they're done. Yeah, so yeah. that's important is that you listen to your dog and you don't push them to go further than they can possibly go. Um, the other thing too is the the brachycephalic breathes, the squishy yes. face. The squishy face, yeah. Right. So they definitely don't breathe as well. Um, and I find they get hotter quicker and um, they get tired quicker. But I also found find that in winter too, like either sort of extreme yeah. either either temperature. So um, well, they can have like more narrow nasal passages yeah. or something, right? So they just don't breathe. As they don't well. breathe as well. So like the oxygen carbon dioxide exchange isn't you know say as good as a long nosed dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So as far as camp, one more thing I'd like to address there, because we know um, with Canada Day coming up and everybody loves their fireworks. Yes, they do now, yeah. (laughs) Um, So I would say, number one, probably not the best idea for most dogs to be at the fireworks show. No, Um, no. You definitely want to make sure that their microchip is updated, that their tags are on, that they're somewhere secure, that they have you know, the comforts that they need, maybe their kennel or maybe, you know, a safe space for them to be with a Kong. Because I think you hear every year of one dog that the fireworks went off and the dog spooked, ran, and got yeah. lost. Definitely more than one. Yeah. There's, there's been lots of And it's of scary because, you know, technically there are things to do. I think we forget, again, about the sound of mm-hmm. things because it's even loud for us. Like if you've ever attend like fireworks and down at the And we know that it's marina. coming. Yes. So we can anticipate it where the dogs don't know and all of a sudden this this booming and all these unpredictable sounds are coming. Um, the best thing I suggest to people is don't bring them. Yeah. Make a possibility. Leave them at home. Um, I in the past sort of got stuck where, you know, camp was two and a half hours away. We were at camp. It was a little tricky. I went for a drive put the dogs in the car, went for a drive while they were letting the fireworks off at camp. Um, or the other thing is I did play some music and I trained through it. So I was just trying to distract them a little bit. But it's to remember that they hear so much better than us. So if we think it's loud, you yeah. can imagine what it is for them. And there's ways too. like you don't want to get to, you know, it's the day before the fireworks and you're going, oh, no, what do I need to do? And yeah. I'm trying to call yeah. my vet and get medication. Um, You can definitely get medication for it. You can get that in advance, right? But you can also do some desensitization, some training for it. Yeah, absolutely. So we sort of combine fireworks with thunderstorms, right? Yeah. Because we only have thunderstorms. And um, I usually say that the best time to do your desensitization, um, we are going to do a podcast on, on noise phobias. Um, but in order to do your desensitization, it's done more in winter months Yeah, when they don't happen, though it seems some days that they are randomly, fireworks seem to happen yeah, all year round where, you know, yeah. yeah, in the past it was only more like Canada Day, but I don't think it's as intense as like Canada Day, but now with, with people able, you know, to buy them, it's just, you know, you can sort of everybody seems to be I guess letting them off and that sort of thing so it's just note to self note to self yeah try to prepare in advance like it's not going to be a surprise to anybody that on every holiday every long weekend there's going to be fireworks so you know we need to prepare our dogs for that and also prepare ourselves right if we need to stay home with our dog that day or you know if we need to leave the dog at someone's house so that they're not you know at camp with us when the fireworks are going off so there's there's definitely some things to consider around that. Um, moving on a little bit from uh, the sort of camp activities, I know there's lots of other things that people like to do in the summer. So right. one of them is um, taking their dogs places to patios, to barbecues, to right. parties. Yep. So how would you recommend that people prepare for that? Um, again, it's, it's about socialization. Um, it's depending upon the time of day. Mm -hmm. Um, but saying that if you can't or aren't bringing them to a shaded or air conditioned, even shaded sometimes, like with some of the temperatures with the humidex, right? Yeah. Um, it's probably not healthy to sit in the shade, you know, outside on a deck for two and a half hours and have your dog laying under the table. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it's because... Like I said, they only really sweat 
through their feet and they're panting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it'd be different if they were, say, in and out of a pool or something, cool pool or something. So, you know, should the dog be at home and left in the basement where it's cool or if you have air conditioning, right? Yeah. Or is it okay to bring them, you know, in the evening again, probably more yeah, than in the evening, like idea. later on. Yeah. Um, and I know, like, Kelsey and I have also done in the morning, we went for breakfast one time and we brought sticks and nuggie. Yeah. Um, and we just used sort of skills that they already had. So we had both of their mats. We were yep. ready to go. We sat beside, we were outdoors, obviously, on the patio. So we sat beside some trees. Um, so they had a little bit of shade. We brought their water. We brought their bowl. Um, we had frozen Kongs. So that, I mean, it wasn't like we were planning to sit there and chit-chat all day until it was, you know. Right, like you weren't sitting there for like three hours. Yeah, we just sort of went for breakfast. We had a little time out with our dogs and then sort of packed up and and went. Yeah. Um, But those things I don't mind bringing my dogs to. It's just like when I know that it's going to be an all-day thing, um, if I'm going to somebody's house for a barbecue at noon and we're expecting to be there for several hours, I'm probably going to leave the dogs at home, especially Stark with his double coat. Right, or... Are the dogs allowed inside? Do they have air conditioning? Um, Is there water? Are you on a lake? You know, like those sort of things to think about too. So, you know, is it, you know, quite dog friendly? So are the dogs roaming around or are they sort of stuck in some one area? So it's it's breaking those down and to say, is your dog going to enjoy more being at home and checked on or are they going to actually enjoy going out or is it just going to be, you know, adding stress? Which is actually a good point because I think a lot of people think the dog is enjoying it, but they're not. Yeah. So maybe we briefly touch on stress signals because when they're hot, they can be panting. But when they're stressed, they can be panting. They can be panting. Yeah. I think it's it's some of it can just be um, a little bit of avoidance mm-hmm. or even, you know, somewhat shut down. Yeah. Um, even, you know, looking around, they, you know, the ears are low, tail can be tucked um bodies low i find you know again in the whole season thing and i know i bring this up a lot where you know we don't really have those barbecue get together events um a lot of times in the winter we might have one or two depends how hardy we are right (laughs) but you know we're not having that many people over in sort of one place so we do do that in the summertime so again it's about if the dog isn't enjoying it can we remove the dog for a period of time and give them a stuffed kong or something something to do so and i think too when our dogs are stressed some dogs will stress up right you're talking about some of them will stress down while they'll they'll kind of shut down they'll avoid but i definitely know some dogs who will stress up and they will go and like jump on people and lick people and they they seem a little bit frantic and people are going oh they just love this so much but it's actually that the dog is getting their stress out that way yeah um so usually i would say um looking at the overall picture right is your dog's body language calm is it frantic is it um relaxed happy wagging tail isn't always happy right yeah that's something that a lot of people forget is that wagging tail can also be sort of an over arousal thing or a number of other things yeah um so for summertime in general would you say um you have any tips that you would like if you had to give out say your favorite three tips for the summer what would you boil those down to favorite three um exercise is huge yeah um considering exercise I know I basically do that every morning what I say the one thing that my property is missing is a stream uh but now Amelia has one one. (laughs) so um 
even you only got the house like in the halfway through the summer, I would just call up Amelia and we would go just wait in the water. Yeah. Like we were in there too. Mm-hmm. Right. And just have the dogs wait in the water. They would, you know, run a little bit around the yard. Then we'd encourage them to go back in the water. We did some, I know I was doing search cues with Alfie in the water. Yeah. I was throwing Cheerios or Charlie Bears or something in there. I have was... a water Kong toy that you can throw. Like there's right. definitely games that you can play that encourage them to go yeah. into the water. Yeah. Centennial was another one, but I knew I was, for as far as exercise, I was looking at time of day and I was looking at having water. Or if I did go out, made a habit of, you know, got up, got dressed, went outside and mm-hmm. walked in the bush even for 15, 20 minutes, you know, before we got to that afternoon temperatures. Um, the other thing that always sort of gets me is, you know, in having multiple dogs, it seems like no matter where I go, one little thing may happen. So I'm huge on first aid kit and I say that and then, of course, I'm the one that forgets it. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I guess in Frolic literally was at camp and happened to a step on a rock and cut her foot. Like, what are the chances? Didn't see that coming. Right. Different allergies, insects. Like, you know, and knowing all that, and like I said, we're going to go through it in in first aid, but, you know, it's just sort of like if you have kids, there are things that may happen that you need to be ready for. So, again, is the exercise, I would say first aid kit. Um, The third one, what would I think? I feel like maybe um, I would think is just, keeping what your dog wants in mind as well like when you're picking activities to do so yeah we talked about the barbecues we talked about bringing them to events and all that stuff if your dog doesn't love going out to camp when you know that there's going to be you know 10 other dogs running around true um yeah. give them a safe space bring x-pens bring something to to help keep them feeling safe yeah i know that's something that i hear a lot from clients as we go out to camp and there's dogs roaming all over the place and my dog is super stressed Well, I think, too, in 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 talking to Wendy at Lilac Grove, where, you know, she seems to have a busier summer because people are actually kenneling the dogs there more when they're going to camp. Yeah, because if they're not used to and we know like some people are into camping, you know, the little joke is I normally go to camp. But, you know, like the sites aren't huge, like there's quite a few people in trailers in such a such a small area Mm -hmm. right and is is your dog used to that is it going to be more enjoyable for everybody if you leave the dog in a kennel or like you said home with somebody I know when I go to camp I don't necessarily take all the dogs with me because you know the neighbor was having a family reunion well I'm like okay Alfie's not going to do well (laughs) with all those people next door right so you know and it's also the summer is so short and we want to enjoy time with family and friends and our pets, but not to say we have to take them every single weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about what do they enjoy and sort of setting the pace where it's interesting where we've had some people, you know, they go to Quetico and do the portaging and whatever yeah. and have their dog with them, but they've been doing that from the beginning. Right. And the dog's used to it and enjoys it. So it's just looking at personalities and companionship and compromise. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's a good spot to end for our summer podcast. So um, we will see everybody next time. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you.